discovered that it wouldn't be in the shops for another six weeks. I'd buy it off you now, she offered, but no amount of money could have persuaded me to part with it. Don't make me have to steal it, she said gently. So I emailed the girl at Lancome, telling her the whole sorry story. And guess what? She sent another. Two days later, the Clinique lorry arrived, laden with goodies, lipsticks an all-weather face cream and not just one, but two foundations. Shortly after that, the Yves Saint Laurent lorry drew up outside with what seemed like most of their new autumn range for me to try. It was like being in love. I was dizzy, giddy, giggly and my free cosmetics were all I could think about. I arrayed them in a little basket by my bed so they were the first things I saw when I woke up. Even when I could no longer persuade himself to play Lancome Lady or Clinique Lady or Isan Laurent Lady, I played by myself. Sometimes I arranged my products by brand name and other times by body parts or lip products in one little heap or skin care in another, etc. Every Thursday, himself and myself go to my parents' house for our dinner. So this particular Thursday, I gathered together all my free stuff, brought it with me and spilt it across their kitchen table to be admired. But instead of being dazzled, my mother was anxious. There had to be a catch. Then Dad came in, found the priced lists and began to add up the value of all I'd been sent. Once an accountant, always an accountant. When he had everything totted up, it came to over 300 euro. He could scarcely believe his own sums. That, he declared, is shaggin' well ridiculous. The magazine was fortnightly, and with a racing imagination, I began to plan my columns. First weeks, then months ahead. I had a big, big vision for autumn through winter with the columns as follows. New lip colours, new eye colours, protective winter face care, winter hands. Then as we come nearer to Christmas, a how to look like you don't have a hangover column, a party makeup special, a gift buying guide and finally an end of year 30 best products ever. Moving into January, of course, we'd start off with a detox special. Then start focusing on nice stuff for Valentine's Day. Then the new spring colours would be out. All this I'd already planned in September. Novels piled up unwritten, promotional work was abandoned and friends and family were neglected as I took up full-time residence in a delicious dream world of time-defying eye creams and lash-thickening mascaras. Because I'm a perfectionist, i.e. insane, I didn't want my column to be just any old beauty column, a patched job of rehashed press releases. I wanted it to be fabulously funny and witty, and there wasn't room in my head for anything else. Triumphs included describing Clinique's repair wear as it's night cream, Jim, but not as we know it, and Origin's gloom away shower gel as Prozac in a tube. I wrote and rewrote, constantly cutting, adding, honing and polishing. I admit it, I was obsessed.
I had to give marks out of ten, but I was so in love with every product I got that the lowest score I could manage to give was eight. My ratings shuttled from eight to nine, passing all points in between, 8.5. Occasionally, I gave ten out of ten, and I admit it, there was even times I gave 11 out of 10. Yes, and 12, all the way up to 15, but only when the product really merited it. Part of the job was having to bond with those all-powerful women, the beauty peers, guardians of the freebies. I'd ring, nervous as anything, and rattle off my name and rank and finish by saying, so if you're interested in having your products covered, let me know. In other words, Please send me free stuff. Like, please. I'd never been comfortable asking for something for nothing, even though, as Aoife kept reminding me, I was offering coverage and thereby saving them a ton in advertising. And the weird thing was that there was no correlation between how fabulous the brand was and how generous they were. I had thought that the more expensive and exclusive the products, the less chance I had of getting them. But it didn't work like that at all. Truly yummy brands, brands that I had in the past paid good money for, like Prescriptives and Clinique, were phenomenally generous and staffed by lovely friendly girls who didn't make me feel one bit like a greedy scuzzball. And Joe Malone, one of the most beloved and beautiful brands on the planet, sent stuff so delicious I had to lie down in a darkened room. Whereas Chanel told me to fuck off. Okay, not those words exactly, but when I explained my mission to some French one at their press office, she said dismissively, We do not do the tried and tested. This was my cue to sneer. Oh yeah? Afraid you can't hack it, eh? But because I saw the chance of free Chanel stuff slipping from my grasp, I kowtowed shamelessly, promising lovely coverage. Alas, compromising my journalistic integrity came to naught and nothing. Not even a sample-sized eye cream came from Chanel. But for every knockback, someone else came through. The day the Declior lorry showed up, piled high with gorgeous French skincare, was another high spot, a memory I take out and polish every now and then when I'm feeling blue. Even when the product was all wrong for my skin type and colouring, I welcomed it anyway. Then, when I'd amassed enough, had a big giveaway party for friends and family. It was like nearly every day was my birthday. And never knowing exactly what was going to be in the envelope was so exciting. It could be anything. A hot new perfume? Night cream that I would read about in Vogue next month? Must-have nail kits? Glittery lip glosses? Hideously expensive serum? Or, as happened on one unhappy occasion, cold sore ointment? Each morning saw steady increments in my adrenaline levels as I awaited the arrival of the postman. I was bad-tempered and ratty if nothing came. Or worse, a press release, but no product. Talk about rubbing salt in the wound. But some of the companies used couriers, so even if the postman had been, I got a rush whenever the doorbell rang, no matter who it was. 
Chancellor's offering to clean our gutters. My father looking for the return of his hostess trolley. Every one of my senses went on high alert as I prepared to welcome another inbound parcel and give it a happy home. All in all, this beauty column was the nicest thing that had ever happened to me. When I was a child, I lived in pitiful hope that my father would give up his job as a civil service number cruncher and open a sweet shop instead, so that I'd have yummy things to tap on around the clock. I was now living the adult version of that dream. Himself watched anxiously from the sidelines. When you say that it's the nicest thing that ever happened to you, you don't mean it's nicer than getting published. Nicer. Nicer than getting sober? Nicer. Nicer than... Nicer than meeting me? Nicer. Sorry. He accused me of having gone weird, of behaving like a lady. You take ages to get ready now, he said. You used to be as fast as a man. And yes, he had a point. I now had so much stuff to put on my face that preparing to go out took a lot longer. Once upon a time, tinted moisturiser was all I used, but now I had eye cream, day cream, skin evener, makeup primer, concealer, both yellow and green, base, blush and powder glow. You look like a toffee apple, he said. Things came to a head a couple of days later. Almost a week had passed without anything arriving and as I'd been pestering several PRs, I knew stuff was due but was afraid it had been nicked. It wouldn't have been the first time. A consignment of Laura Mercer's finest had disappeared only a short time before. I was in my bedroom.